1: Renata Scotto and Frank Lopardo are backstage at Lyric.
2: You see, in this moment you have to forget completely that you were a singer and then you sang. Completely forget. And I did, I did. I did my homework as a director. And you are there to direct. Sometimes you hope that they like what you do. So, I mean, I'm in the process, I hope... I can do it again and again and again. It
0: has everything one could ask for. I think if you're going from purely from a point of view of casting, each role requires... A voice that is uh, a special and there are many requirements and p- in particular, you need a strong contralto you need almost a contralto and and we have Stephanie Blythe in this production making her debut which my god when you hear her it's 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 quite you know it's amazing um, so and then you have a very strong chorus that acts almost as a as another character in this
1: piece as far as I'm concerned thank you for downloading this episode of Backstage at Lyric I'm Roger Pines of Lyric Opera of Chicago We'll be playing an audio transcript of the Lyric Opera Discovery Series session for an opera that's always been a favorite of Lyric audiences, Verdi's *A Masked Ball. For those of you who may not be aware of the Discovery Series, it's panel discussions featuring singers, conductors, directors, and opera experts. We do one session per opera, and they usually take place a few days prior to the opening of each production. The Discovery Series is open to the public. It's a great way to get up close and personal with our artists. You can check out our website at lyricopera.org for dates, tickets, and complete Discovery Series information. We include all of the Discovery Series sessions as part of the Backstage at Lyric podcast. And now, on to the Discovery Series discussion devoted to a masked Ball. I'm the moderator for this session, and my guests are two of the most remarkable artists of our time, were both beloved and enormously admired by the lyric opera audience. Soprano Renata Scotto, who has returned to Lyric to direct the production, and tenor Frank Lepardo, who is starring in a mass ball as King Gustavo, his eleventh leading role at Lyric. Together, Miss Scotto and Mr. Lepardo bring extraordinary vigor, insight, and wit to the discussion. I hope you enjoy it. Good evening. I'm Roger Pines, dramaturg at Lyric Opera of Chicago. I'm delighted to welcome you to our Discovery Series session devoted to Verdi's un ballo in Mascara, a masked ball. I want to remind you first to turn off your cell phones. Ah, I see some people reaching for them. Turn off your cell phones, alarm watches, and anything else that beeps. We have two extraordinary guests this evening. I've been looking forward to this session for months, thrilled that they're both with us. I think we we can feel very privileged that they've taken time from their rehearsal schedule for Ballo in Mascara to be with us tonight, uh, to take Our Lady first. The performing career of world-renowned Italian soprano Renata Scotto actually included triumphs as Amelia in Ballo at Lyric Opera of Chicago as well as in Dallas, Hamburg, and Torino. She made a triumphantly successful transition to directing, beginning with Madama Butterfly at the Metropolitan Opera in 1986. And of course, you will remember just a couple of seasons ago her making her directing debut uh, here at Lyric in Boheme. Um, Her Madama Butterfly productions have been major successes in in Verona, Genoa, Ancona, Miami, Dallas, and Palm Beach. She returned to Miami for Tosca, Traviata, Sonambula, and she also directed Sonambula at Michigan Opera Theater in Catania and in Thessaloniki, Greece. Traviata, in her New York City opera production, won an Emmy Award in uh, 1995 for PBS Telecast, and other productions in her repertoire as a director include Norma, Turandot, Vallee, Adriana LeCouvreur, Il Pirata Lucia with the companies including those of Helsinki, Bern, Bologna, Santiago, Catania and Palm Beach. In Turin she appeared in both Poulenc's La Voir Humaine and Menotti's The Medium and for the Menotti piece she directed and sang her first performances of the role of Madame Flora. Frank Lepardo is returning to Lyric to star as Gustavo in Ballo, and he debuted in that role in Pittsburgh with great success, and he enjoyed similar success when he reprised his portrayal of Gustavo in Denver. He sung ten lyric- leading roles at Lyric, most recently Nemorino, Pinkerton, and Lensky. Verdi has been significant throughout his career, beginning with Fenton and Falstaff at the Met and Naples, and continuing with, Al- with Alfredo and Traviata at the Met, Covent Garden, and Lyric and eventually the Duke of Mantua in nine major houses, including the Met, Lyric, Vienna, Paris. He's returned to Pittsburgh as Puccini's Rodolfo and Pinkerton. And another signature role of his is Donizetti's Edgardo, which he sung at the Met in Paris, Santa Fe, Los Angeles, and Sao Paulo. He started at La Scala, Gleinbore, and en provence Amsterdam, Madrid... Among his recordings are Traviata under Schulte, Falstaff under Colin Davis, operas of Mozart, Rossini, an important and rare Donizetti work called Imelda de Lambertazzi, also the Berlioz Requiem, which won a, a Grammy Award, and Orff's Carmina Burana. Each of our guests is passionate about Verdi in general, and Ballo in particular. What they have to say, I think, is going to give us tremendous food for thought in preparing to hear Ballo in Máscara on the lyric stage. So please join me in welcoming back to the Discovery Series Renata Scotto and Frank Lopardo. Thank you.
2: Thank you. Thank you.
1: Before we start into the questions... I think we should refresh our memories about the plot of Valo in Máscara, so Renata and Frank, see if I miss anything. Um, Gustavus III, king of Sweden, is in love with Amelia. She is the wife of his best friend and secretary, Count Anka Well, the, the frightened Amelia meets secretly with a fortune teller, Ulrika, or Madame Arvidsson, who advises her to gather an herb that will create a magic potion, enabling her to forget any thought of infidelity. Ulrika encounters Gustavus as well, and in telling his fortune, reveals that he will be killed by the next man to shake his hand. When that man turns out to be Ankastrum, Gustavus and his friends reject Ulrika's prediction. Late at night, Amelia is gathering the herb when she meets Gustavo. The two declare their love, but then are surprised by Ankastrum. Gustavus asks his friend to escort his veiled companion back to town while asking her no questions. Conspirators plotting against Gustavus demand the lady's identity, and when Amelia lifts her veil, Ancastrum is stunned. He later joins the conspirators, and in drawing lots, it's determined that he will be the one to kill the king. At a mass ball, Gustavus is assassinated by Ancastrum, but demands that no one seek vengeance for the murder. It's too late, Ancastrum learns that his wife is innocent, and that Gustavus was determined to separate himself from Amelia forever. Is that okay?
0: It Thank takes four hours, though, story. to accomplish all of this. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Now I know
2: this, too. <laughs> uh, yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> uh, let's talk first about the popularity of this piece. It's not quite as beloved internationally as, say, Rigoletto or Traviata, but certainly it's never lost its appeal to the public. So what do you think attracts people to balo and keeps balo on international stages
0: Okay, <laughs> uh, please. <I'll> <laughs> well okay well um, I'm surprised that it's not as prominent a piece in the repertoire as the other operas that you mentioned uh, it has everything one could ask for I think if you're going from purely from a point of view of casting each role requires a voice that is a special and there are many requirements and in particular you need a strong contralto you need almost a contralto and we have Stephanie Blythe in this production making her debut, which my god when you hear her it's, it's, it's quite you know it 's amazing um, so and then you have a very strong chorus that acts almost as, a, as another character in this piece as far as i 'm concerned a very prominent um, part in it and, and why pieces come to the forefront and why traviata's done i 'm sure if you went on the internet right now and looked at the theaters across the world, somebody's doing Traviata. Somebody's doing Rigoletto. How many people are doing Ballo right now? I don't know. But it really should, and as with these uh, other 28 or so operas, many of them should come, rise to the surface. Who knows why? Yeah,
2: yeah I think also um, for, for the musical point of view, uh, Verdi is breaking from the old uh, whale where um, Traviata, Rigoletto and um, all, the, all the opera and Trovatore, they have uh, another form, a uh, musical form and uh, construction. They have uh, Recitativo Aria Cabaletta, Big Concertato. Mm. So he's breaking Verdi from that. I probably because between uh, Traviata and Ballo, there is Vespri Siciliani mm. Aroldo, which is uh, Stifelio, Stifelio, but the new Stifelio. And then uh, we have uh, uh, another one in the middle. Um, I'll, tell <laughs> I'll tell you later. Anyway, the but, three, what, three them. Luisa Miller, no. No, no yeah. that was no. earlier. Luisa Miller comes earlier yeah. and it's really the breaking. Uh, Luisa Miller, do you have, which year oh, Luisa Miller was written? I think about 50s, yeah. probably. Uh, yeah. And uh, uh, it, half of Louisa Miller is the usual coloratura and um, cabalette. The, the second half of Louisa Miller, you are in you know, Otello and uh, Ballo in Mascara, Aida. So the two forms that Verdi the, is exploring, I believe. Um, at that time, we had Wagner... That he was yes. coming mm-hmm. out as a great, great music with a lot of involvement, not not so many color, not so much coloratura. So I think this was uh, Ballo in Maschera was really the complete first uh, breaking from the old, the old form. You, so there is no coloratura in ballo. Each character is very clear from the first moment who are and what they do. They have a sort of TV here and there, but cantabile and not cabalette mm-hmm. not virtuosistic uh, moment or show off uh, <laughs> which you know we're yeah. missing because yeah. he's well, the king of well, cabaletta it's, it's all they're
0: all ca- they're all contained uh, within the body of the, there's no need for a because all the virtuosity is within the body of the, you know yes right? but for so, this
2: reason you need uh, a special voice yeah. You need a special voice because you sing long line, expressive, uh, very expressive phrasing, and a volume in because the orchestration. It's no more pa 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 and there's a, But now we have an orchestra who plays another melody, probably. You know, no so. I,
0: I know I'm not here to ask a question but this this can be an education to me to me. Do you feel that in many ways Verdi is a bridge between the Belcanto, canto his predecessors Bellini and Donizetti and what will eventually become a true verismo? I mean by by the time he goes to Otello by the time you get it's it, it's quasi it verismo. It's
2: because it has uh, you know the passaggio from uh, the old form that he was uh, in love with uh, Donizetti, Verdi. Mm-hmm. Verdi, Donizetti was his grande maestro. Uh, as a matter of fact, uh, in the beginning, like In giorno di regno" or even um, "Alzira," mm-hmm. you hear Donizetti. Mm-hmm. So, and then, of course, he wanted to be Verdi, mm-hmm. and he explore Wagner. Was there? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> You know, Wagner and Verdi was a moment of... Uh, but anyway, this... I, um, and of course, the moment Verdi changes form, he also needed different voices. Hmm. Very much so. Yeah, different voices. So then looking
1: backward for a second, you both of you are very closely associated with Traviata, which is a work we know very well at Lyric. We do it a lot. Okay. So when you listen to Ballo... Are there echoes of Traviata? Do you hear the Verdi of Traviata, which was only six years earlier no. than no. Ballo? You no. don't? I, I mean, Isn't those six
0: years must have been an inc- extraordinary trans- transition for him because I hear this more of where he's going rather than where he's
2: been. Exactly. Yes. So, you know, exactly. Yeah. You hear Verdi, Traviata in, in yes. Vespri. Yeah. Vespri Siciliani, you hear Traviata. Yes. But no more in ballo. Yeah. There I mean, are times
0: uh, when uh, 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 Renato, uh, he's not Renato in this production, but you hear Ford. You hear you, Ford, false, Ford and Falstaff. Yeah, yeah. You know, yes. he,
2: yeah. He's going for tomorrow, today, and tomorrow. Right. I'm doing this. Same. So, so <laughs> everyone.
1: So, the, so this is everyone's summer project. Yeah. Take the Verdi operas that were written through the 1850s, through that very significant de- significant decade, and listen to the one after the other, and hear what those transition pieces are. I think it would be yes, a so fascinating. Yes. By the time exercise. we
0: got to Falstaff, for instance, I began my Verdi involvement as Fenton. So. By the time he got to, to Falstaff, his, his need for a bravura tenore was not as great. He gave the role of the tenor, the own, besides Dr. Caius, to, to a tenor. And he has wonderful music, phenomenal music, great love duets, a great aria, but it's not its not a regoletta. And it's, it's not also the, the lightest, of...
1: and it's the lightest tenor in the entire exactly, Verdi. Exactly, exactly.
0: Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So there really is no such thing, and I think I may be jumping around here, but there really is no such thing. You could say there's such a thing as a Verdi baritone, but is there such thing as a Verdi tenor? No. I think there are there are segments there are compartments that one fits into. And for instance, for me, this is about as far as I think I'm going to go in Verdi because I'm not going to sing Aida. I don't think I'm going to sing Otello, for goodness' sake. Maybe maybe um, Don Carlo. Don Carlo, sure.
2: Okay, sure, sure, I'm getting the okay. Right? Oh, sorry. <laughs> 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 I'm, it's Okay.
0: But but you know, so how far how much further can I go? This already when you hear it, it are going to have smatterings of 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 all my experience, my Mozart, my Donizetti, everything is coming to play here because it requires it. It's not to the wall all night. It can't be. Anyway.
1: Renata, when you were first getting to know Ballo as a performer, that is, what were the qualities of Amelia? that sort of spoke to you and made you want to play her.
2: Yeah, you know, Amelia is a very interesting role because it's inside what's happening is the plot to get involved. Amelia Get involved with this, be in love with another man and has a, a husband. And this woman, uh, for me... Um, I was interested uh, in the music very much and uh, how to sing this good lady. You know, Verdi, for for the sopranos, beside one, he always composed the most beautiful music for a good woman. Oh, the exception
1: exception being Lady Macbeth.
2: Which is my favorite. (laughs) 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 Which is my favorite. I must have a little devil inside me. But, but, uh, but you see, so Amelia, she's, uh, she has, first of all, musically, she has fabulous uh, moment uh, the, the big aria, so difficult, because dramatic, and uh, competing with a big orchestra, and Moroma Prima in Grazia, which is a small aria, but can say a lot about being a good Woman innocent because she's in love, but she's never ever betrayed her husband. I don't know if you betrayed your husband with your thoughts. I'm in love with so many people. (laughs) 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 I see a movie, I get in love with.
0: you're, you're you're stealing some it's of my bad. thoughts about this. It. <laughs> it's so strange because what? the true infidelity is not always. There are two different kinds of infidelity: physical and spiritual, So it's the infidelity, the
2: mental. Yeah, and many. Oh, I, I can't.
0: There is a. Ma- okay, all right. I was you know, accused at the last time one of these outings of being a psychologist as well as a singer, and I don't think they go together. I just. Don't think
2: my, together. I'm an actress. Yeah. And I have to... Not a singer. I am an actress. They Mm. told me Mm. that I have to believe what I do. Mm. So I was always, almost always, in love with the tenor. Because (laughs) he's the (laughs) only... Okay.
0: We'll be doing Traviata (laughs) at the...
1: (laughs) 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 No. was it an opera that you... Actually, wanted to direct when you were involved in it as a performer. Did You say, "I really would like to try this." Mm, it no, was not. When I one. was
2: singing, mm, I I loved the job of the director, and I loved uh, everything that was going on on stage. But uh, never thought that I could did, 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 actually this uh, direct. This came with Butterfly at the ah. Met.
1: Um. But, but so it was not, so Ballo was not one that you really thought about until... Uh,
2: my- no, and, uh, actually no. Uh, f- until last year when um, Mr. Mason offered me to, to direct Ballo. And then you see in this moment you have to forget completely that you, are, that you were a singer and then you sang. Completely forget. And I did I did I did my homework as a director. And another perspective. And then you see who, who's there, what they're doing, why they're doing this, and the chorus. In the chorus, everyone is a person. You have 60, 80, 100, but every one of them are one person. So they do, they do their, their own interpretation. And you are there to direct them. Sometimes you hope that they like what you do. So, I mean, I'm in the process. I hope I can do it again and again and again. I, but I have to tell you something. I was never, ever pushing to direct. They always ask me to do something. So this makes me sort of <coughs> happy. Basta. Basta. Non ne parliamo più. But we can talk about
1: uh, ballo. Um, frank when with with gustavo no one's asking me to direct no one direct. <laughs> with with gustavo as well, far as the the appeal it's a very you know. it it i for your kind of voice i should think that the role would be very much a goal something to
0: yeah i i, I that's an i guess you could say that but rep- uh, by way of uh, history um i was a super many years ago uh, as a I was studying voice with the, the aspirations of being a singer, but uh, I was a supernumerary at the Met because it was a great way to get on this vast stage, and you know it was like $15 a night. They give you a spear, and you, you do. <laughs> but you know you got to see Domingo, and you got to see Pavarotti, and you got. To see. So I was a super in the, the rise and fall of Marigoni, uh, uh, um, uh, Don Carlo, and in Un ballo in maschera. And the night that I was the first time I was supposed to do Un Ballo Máscara, it was um, the tenor was sick and John Alexander, Placido Domingo was sick, and John Alexander went on, he may rest in peace, he went on for Placido. And he was right. You remember him. He, Absolutely, this is yes. a guy that, that at any given time you could. We're doing cozy tonight, no problem. We're doing Regoletto, no problem. He was right. He was always prepared. He was professional, always stylistically ready. perfect. Uh, he was just a great artist. And this was my introduction to Ennio mascara And I fell. In, I think I was the only super. Uh, that stayed in the wings for the whole performance, you know to see what was happening throughout the entire opera, so it 's meant a lot to me for a long time um but i I must be honest and say, I never thought at that age at the uh, twenty Three or four that I was ever going to sing this, so it's been a nice progression. Um, and um, I just, you know, I never trusted myself. I always looked to someone else to say, "Okay, in what you're hearing right now, do you think that this is possible?" You know, people with uh, who knew what they were talking about, conductors, other singers. So once I kind of got the okay, then I. And this is the third time I've been out with it in the past eight years. So hopefully it's a better, you know, it's getting better all the time. Well, you, it, you know. You're
2: having a, a great career uh, and I think you have a, a huge repertory. Maybe still ahead, yeah? you can yeah? sing a part that's very difficult, that they have mm. coloratura, mm-hmm. that they have uh, all the bel canto style, and then now you go on and, and do more lyric. Yeah. And you know, not, it's not easy because because you have what everything that require. To sing in, in the bel canto style, mm-hmm. and uh, and and you sing now on when the most difficult lyric uh, repertory. Mm-hmm. Well, well the, and,
1: th- there's such an impressive thing uh, in in the way in the Frank in the way you have progressed. Roger heard
2: me
0: sing my debut in opera in St. Louis uh, Opera Theater in '84 as Tamino in english and then, so and you see you know it went all through the mozarts and all that. that's not what we're here for but, but you know <laughs> i went through all of that repertoire because my teacher um, told had a sort of a chronological uh, mentality towards all of this one that in, i'm afraid in today's university is not uh, universities is not espoused but I went through Mozart and then I went into a little Bellini and then I started a little Donizetti until I, by the time I got to Verdi and Puccini I already had a, a, an arc you know right now kids are coming out of university and they want to sing Othello right away and you know that doesn't make you know, so, it's got this yeah, kind of stuff it's you know, crazy it's crazy and uh, so, and, and theaters are, <laughs> are theaters are offering it to them and, um, and you are being you are the recipients of it sometimes so you know
1: you know Frank and I had a conversation a couple of months ago that was very significant for me and that because it changed my view of the character he was playing, and this is a piece I've known for many, many years. So what I wanted to do was see it was ask Frank a question about this character and then have Renata respond to his opinion, yay or nay so and it could because what i came when i came to frank to talk about this character my feeling was oh he's happy go lucky and he's a, he's so he's the most appealing tenor hero in all of verdi et etc cetera, et cetera. and frank sort of totally well, for changed me, my mind first
0: of all the un ballo in is not just Please, ladies and gentlemen, it's not just the ball at the end of the opera where he—it's you know, a—it's a kind of a metaphor for the masks that we all wear, you know. And he seems to be—he seems to embrace this uh, incognito way of. Doing things Uh, at the very in the very first scene, he says, "Okay, we're going to go see this uh, this witch or whatever she is, this mystic, and I'm going to go dressed as a fisherman." You know, of all the things that he could go as, he he picks a fisherman. All right, I'm being a little bit modern in my approach here and my ideas. I watch too much television, perhaps, but you know, uh, just because. Ten- singers, not tenors, or characters in general, sing beautiful music. Doesn't always mean that they're good people, and and a, an individual's weaknesses doesn't always doesn't. Uh, we can forgive him certain things, but it, but if we really take a little time and look at the kind of people, really, you know, productions are more elaborate <laughs> today. Uh, we're asked to delve deeper as a public and as artists into what we're doing. Gustavo doesn't have too many. Forgive me. Uh, uh, you doesn't have too many redeeming qualities for me. Yes, I'm, I'm doing what I'm told. I'm singing. Okay, fine. But, you know, this is a guy who, who I think there are probably a couple of politicians around who behave like this guy. You know, not to name any names. Okay, And our mystic is not running for senator of Delaware. Thank God. You know, okay. No. But, you know, he's in love with uh, his best friend's wife. Yes, she is a sort of a Beatrice, we talked about this a few days, a Beatrice character uh, in that he loves her from a distance. But, you know, his friend, his closest confidant, political confidant anyway, uh, you know, that should be, okay, nothing but it's opera. We have to go with the flow. However... This is a this is a weakness as far as I'm concerned and it, it doesn't sit well from with me, okay. Um, he is he he has all of the makings of letting his kingdom fall to ruins. Okay, I don't know how good a politician or monarch uh, Gustavo the Third was, but uh, I mean the one, if, he's, if that's the way he ran his kingdom, it's no wonder that he you know, he was assassinated, you know, because he's I just a, a weak, right? He's a weak, he's I a don't weak, agree. you know, not But he's a weak, to me, he's a weak monarch because many times, even in the opera, he says, oh, well, the people love me. The people, don't worry. You know, he's more like Mel Brooks's character, it's good to be the king than it is, than, you know, than he, than he is, uh, you know, uh, an illustrious figure in, in history or in opera. But this is just me, I'm not looking to step on anyone's toes. It's just an angle. It's an angle. We can't, uh, this all began with me when I sang for so many years Don Ottavio. And I had to face the, the musical. Don Ottavio is a weak character and blah, blah, blah. No, no. Don Ottavio, and I won't go too far into it. Don Ottavio is society's man. He does, he stays within the mores of society. He obeys the law. He loves Donana, You know, now, we have Don Giovanni, who has taken her, you know, uh, he's, a, he's a murderer, he's a thief, he has a catalogue of his conquest, but we love the guy. He's great. You know, and we oh, have to ask ourselves what it is, and the Duke of Mantova. I mean, this is another guy who has a sexual addiction, he's, a, you know, he's a, he's a, but we love him because he sings beautiful music. This is, this is a, this is a personal theory of mine. I'm glad that there's a, some distance between chairs because she wants, but I, this is a personal feeling of mine and i you know if as a spectator looking on sometimes these things can really you know go against the logic uh, you know he he, he the the, the massive ball is not just the end he's he's incognito he's hiding behind something throughout and the very first scene he gets the guest list and he sees amelia's name oh i got to hide this because the, the husband just comes in oh what? Oh really? Okay, that's very nice. You know, he's a, he's a he's a fake. He's a he's a, a poser, and uh, he's a hard character for me to play. I have to play him kind of. I see him as more episodic. When I'm, and and this is which she's trying to, Miss Scotto is trying mm-hmm. to get me out of this. When I go in as the fisherman, I have to maintain the aplomb of a, of, of a monarch. Of right? And she said, No, you Absolutely. are not the fisherman here. You are you're still, you know, Gustavo. So. Anyway, and that, that, that was the same dilemma I had as a Contalmaviva in Il Barbiere di Siviglia. When I was a Comtalmavivas, the, then when I was the music teacher, I was the music teacher, and then when I, you know when I was the soldato, I was the drunken soldato, and I was able to play each one, but I may have been guilty of losing the through line of, of, of the, the guy incognito could, could
1: happen and now. <laughs> Renata, your turn.
2: Is, 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 is he is Gustavo? Is he appealing or not? Gustavo is a king. Yeah, and if we have, I mean, this is I did all the time. But if you read the libretto before the hmm. music, and you read the play that has written before the libretto, and you try to understand. The, who are the character, who, who, where you? Where are you no? in the, in the in history, play? Yeah. History. Hmm. Then uh, perhaps Gustavo, who's Gustavo? First of all, we are happy today okay. that we can play Gustavo because in the period of Verdi, you couldn't because, because uh, there was a, a murder at the palace, and it was not allowed, the censor didn't allow Verdi to put on stage uh, a crime because, because the censor was always there. Either if it was the church or if it was the politics or whatever, censor was there. This great conduct, uh, composer had to deal with that. So first of all, Verdi had to change his story on Gustavo and go with a simple count of Boston (laughs) (laughs) nowhere nowhere outside Europe had to be outside Europe so now finally we can have Gustavo Gustavo first of all was a great monarch was a great monarch because before he was more uh, king uh, in his kingdom there was a mess I mean, these are read in the books. It was a messy aristocracy. They they were um, a little bit cheating to each other. So he came and he put everything together. You tell me if I'm wrong because you know. So please, you know. (laughs) So uh, Gustavo uh, put a little order. But he loved his monarchy. He loved his monarchy so much that had to be all noble people, aristocracy. He was literate; that he built the first opera house in Stockholm. He opened the academy in Stockholm. He um, put everything. The culture was huge. Had everybody had to be a uh, uh, culture people, so. Of course, he enjoys life, too. He married, and he was not happy. They forced him to marry it. So probably was not even a man. Although he had... It was a man, but he didn't like men. He didn't like women. And he was married, probably. Yeah? This mm. is all gossip uh, mm-hmm. in the books. Uh, he had two children though, he had two children, but he never got along with his wife. So this is a man who enjoy, as you said. Mm-hmm. Enjoy his life. Now, what you said you blame on Antonio Somma. Mm. Antonio Somma was this poor librettist, I mean not poor because it was very important mm. librettist, but he had to get the story of Gustav in one opera. Which was the one they went to Boston. that went to Boston? <laughs> 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 to went to Boston. <laughs> so it's a little bit complicated, but uh, you know, in in, 19, in 1857, 1857, the opera—I mean, the play—was ready. Verdi loved it. They presented. To Napoli because uh, San Carlo di Napoli, you can help me on this. <laughs> Interrupt me. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. San Carlo di Napoli yes. refused. And yes. said no, can't be. And Did Verdi it? was very much hurt, hmm. and he had to. Nineteen. We go to 1858. 1858, same thing. He changed the title. La Vendetta in Domino. Oh, that's right. oh.
1: Revenge in a Domino. Yeah. Revenge in, in, a in a club. Don't
2: forget the three, two other composers. Two three? Two, two. I think. Uh, uh, Auber right. and uh, Mercadante. Right. They wrote the opera on Gustave. Gustavo, uh, not Boston. And in this opera, both of them, they played around... They never went to the point. Hmm. What happened?
1: Yeah, because Aubert was really an operetta composer, essentially. So, uh,
2: they they never said the truth. The only one who really said the truth was Antonio Somma. And Verdi, of course. And went wrong because they didn't accept. So, when I say that you are a king, you are a king, you can... Maybe you'll say, ha ha, me father, me being the reader, I know you're mm-hmm, your mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But remember how many times I told you, remember you were a king.
0: No, you're right, you're right. No, my observation was one is of, of the king putting himself in situations that can be risky. Can you be? Know, yes, you know. risky, yeah. yes,
2: yeah. risky. You know. But a king. And risks, we talked also that was, so was
0: Gustavo time. Catholic?
2: Go, um, no, was he, no. Of as far as no. that? there no, was no Catholic. No, I mean,
0: just the no. idea of going into a. It, it was Amelia Catholic.
2: No, 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 no. no. Amelia. the whole
0: idea of going to I a, don't a, even a, know a hand uh, reader where or a mystic. No,
2: oh. we don't. Ankerstrom is from Stockholm, so Amelia probably was uh, another name, which uh, Lutheran. 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 Yes. Lutheran, yeah. The only woman in mascara that is really true in the real life was Ulrika. Mm-hmm. Because Ulrika mm-hmm. was uh, a medium. And this medium told uh, Gustavo Gustavus. that she, he was in danger. And this really existed. So Ulrika was the mother of the name of the mother of Gustav.
1: That's right. Who oh. yeah. was a crazy woman as you will read in the lyric opera program my colleague Jack Zimmerman has written a fascinating article where Gustavo came from a ghastly childhood because his mother was really a lunatic and it's fascinating yeah. it's fascinating so it's amazing that he had any sort of life at all you know considering how he was brought up.
2: But all these these facts they take you to the music. And, and you give you give each character, uh, you give uh, oh. character. I mean, there's a, you give the person. Ankerstrom, which is Renato. We call him Renato mm-hmm. because we like this name. What is his name? I don't remember. We
1: don't really know. Just count Ankerstrom.
2: But uh, but uh, but then we have uh, Amelia, and don't forget we have Oscar. Yes. Yeah. Oscar is very important because don't tell you exactly who is Oscar. It's a page, but he's so close to the king that you wonder. Uh-huh. <laughs> I oh. gave him a little bit of Freedom oh. with the king, right? right. <laughs> because I thought of that. So I mean, and it gets to the opera, mm-hmm. and uh, and your character comes out as top, the king. The mm-hmm. king deserve respect. The king deserve about and that kind of king reserve, uh, deserve deserve everything. Veneration, and yeah. you are. And you are the king. I have five days left. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> but I
1: like it. I mean So how so tell me. So um with these other characters with um we talked about Oscar just a sec, but how do you like to see Oscar portrayed as as really a little boy, as like a yes. ten, ten or twelve year old, but a really not s- 12. No, not,
2: she's probably Oscar is probably 14. Okay.
1: But so very smart though, right?
2: Very smart and yeah. very she's the um, the king favorite friend but and she's a, a little spoletta. Aha. Uh-huh. And you say. Yes. Maybe do you know spoletta what spoletta in tosca? Is?
1: And tosca. And tosca? The, the, oh, the oh, Scarpia's, Scarpia's right hand guy. He
2: knows everyone. Probably what he doesn't know is the conspirator yet. Mm-hmm. She doesn't know that because the conspirator a very group of people that they want, they're the one who conspired to. They're not happy because the conspirator are the one, the group of people that they think that the king is not enough looking to the poor people. And it's true because he has his monarchy. But he's also a very good king because what, look what he does out for culture and for everything. But maybe he doesn't go to visit uh, the people who doesn't have food. And the conspirators um, blame him that he's not doing enough. But it's politics. Hmm. I know. It's all so what, what in
1: our production, what, what does Oscar say... Um, what giving away the, the disguise when Renato says so? How is he disguised? What what are we saying? Is he wearing a you know you can You'll know him because he's wearing a red sash. Because he's wearing yes, what is, They're
2: uh, they are different. They have um, a different sash. Yes, mm. because it, it's the. The, in order, the order right. of, uh, of the monarchy. So,
1: so Oscar, though, in doing that basically brings about the tragedy because oh, Re- yeah. Renato, was able oh, yeah. to, Renato was able to recognize what Gustavo was wearing and that leads him to, to, to assassinate him.
2: To assassination. <laughs> so what about Renato? The assassination, the real assassination happened in the opera house.
1: That's right. He yeah. was assassinated it
2: happened it- in the opera house and uh, Ankerstrom shoot him in the back. That- not he, in front. That's uh, And I think he lingered. Bad. I
1: think he lingered for a few like a couple of weeks before he finally. Two, two weeks yes, before he yes, it died. It wasn't, wasn't this immediate thing. Really? Yeah. Um, so died. with Renato, how do you like to see Renato play?
2: See, Renato is uh, when you see until he discover his wife uh, uh, is a very um, ve- very. Uh, faithful to the king. He's working for the king, and he takes his job very seriously. Mm -hmm. He's a very sincere, very honest man. I see as an honest man. I see doing his job the best way possible, because as a matter of fact, he's the one who said, look around, you have people they don't like you. Mm -hmm. He said, don't worry about it, I'll take care of them. So I'm the one who don't worry about. But he's looking all over. He's protecting his king. He's very good to me in this opera. Uh, I don't know in the, in the real life. I didn't study English So
1: when so when he changes in Act 3, when he discovers, um, Amelius, but that's
2: terrible, yeah. you know. You you see, she's there is a woman there. You probably uh, try to protect the king because he went in this place in the mountain with an, a woman, why is here? And then... I think it's interesting though, why, why isn't there
0: anything in the opera that gives vent to why Amelia is unfaithful, okay we can go deeper, but what
2: what has Renato done to her to make her stray? This is a question that we don't know because uh, uh, he's very much intense with his work as uh, a a right hand uh, of the king. And probably she's a little bit unhappy, like when you're neglecting your wife probably for the job, Mm -hmm. not for other Mm reasons. She was maybe a little bit unhappy. You know, she was... uh, and then uh, maybe the figure of, uh, of the king she, she's in love with. Mm-hmm. I don't think Amelia for a moment uh, uh, she think of betraying her husband. As a matter of fact, m- the medium comes out here. Now we have Ulrika. Ulrika's scene is a great scene because you see uh, the place where Ulrika has all her seance, uh, her job... It's a job, you know. You do it for for real or you do it fake. But anyway, it's a job and it's full of people there. And she wants to go to the medium to forget him, to have something, you know, a potion, maybe a little potion, something. I think in every period, even today, people would go to a medium. absolutely. No? To say... What is it? What is it? Or maybe you go to a séance.
1: Okay. Although the medium doesn't always I, say. I went many times. Go to the so. gallows and find this magic plant and yeah. at midnight. So
2: she's really looking some help to forget him, to forget him. And, and she goes, and uh, of course Ulrika sent her in this place where they're hanging people. It's To find a awful magic plant. To find this magic herb. And he heard the story of, uh, because he was there as a fisherman with uh, tribe. But the story is, it's earlier. The story is that he should ban this medium because the judge comes and he said.
1: That's
2: right. Ban that woman (laughs) because, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yes. I mean, you know, in that, we're talking about, 18, uh, 1790, 90, end of the yes. 18th century. Yes, 1790, yeah. oh,
1: now. Yeah. Yes. Oh. Uh, let me ask both of you, um, first of all, who's in love with whom? Is Amelia really in love with Gustavo? Is Gustavo really in love with Amelia? And, what, and if they're not, what is that 10 minute love duet?
0: About. Yeah, and the best love duet. That, that wasn't on the questionnaire. The I'm not best. going there. <laughs> yes, you answered. The well, best it, love duet. Um I think if, if if she doesn't, it was certainly a lot of urging on his part to get her to say it. You know, it's the longest scene in the opera for me. It's the and I'll I'll admit the one that like I I I'm glad it comes when it does, because it it's 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 rather lengthy, it's it has many dimensions. But he yes. just he just doesn't let up. Do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? Until five says, "Ah, oh, you know, it's almost like all right already." You know, <laughs> all right, I, okay, I, love, all right, you. I love you. <laughs> so you know, there's no way of you know, he no way of knowing if she does, I guess. But I, I because there's not much exposition as to what her uh, yearnings are for him. Is there? well Renata,
2: how did you feel
1: acting it on the stage? That no, scene? I
2: feel that here we have music. In this duet, we really yeah. have the best music that Verdi could have incredible. written. Yeah. Because it's incredible. The phrasing, even when you say, I love you, is a very long phrase. And, and the orchestration is perfect there. So here you have a big musical moment. Don't ask an actor... To act too much, you know, because it's not necessary. Enjoy. You can even close your eyes and listen yeah. the beautiful singing up uh, in, on stage. And uh, I ask, uh, I ask uh, to to be very passionate because the music gives you yeah. the way to be uh, passion. And also on on the side of uh, of Amelia, because this uh, and it is a platonic, because there is not even a kiss. Maybe a little bit. Is that up to to you,
1: though, as a stage director? Mm. Is is that up to you as a stage? Could you put in more sort of overt, you know, physical physicality? Yes, you do.
2: I do. I want it. I really want it. I need it. Physicality. I need it. I had uh, a little discussion here and there. But we don't say everything, no. No. Leave finished. up to. You. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, I think sort of a little physicality and uh, and the, the music—it's so great. It's like having um, a little piece of heaven there. That you it's have to It's almost like when
0: music is so rapturous, like that du- duet is. Too much movement hurts the duet. It's like just sing this thing, you know, just do this, because it it's, it, it, it stands on its own, it really does. So.
2: Yes, yes, it needs uh, great singers. It needs a great singers because they're full of sound that comes from inside out. Nothing is superficial. Mm-hmm. It's all passion. But passion in the bel canto way. Yeah. So it's not verismo. Nothing is verismo in that way. Mm-hmm. No? And, well, but is it actually would you call it sensual oh yeah okay oh, yes. oh yeah okay oh, my absolutely God, yes. good absolutely sensual that's why I said also a little physical but it's not Manon Lescaut love duet you know where the passion is ah! <laughs> here is oh, Verdi
1: there's elegance there. elegance yeah. a right, lot right, of elegance yeah.
2: no. and uh, this yeah. is the key word elegance yes oh,
1: yeah. Now, the the first music from this piece that I ever heard was actually your aria. Which one? Yeah, the um, um, the, the monologue Act sure Three. I'm sure yeah. I'm sure so I'm sure is yeah. So there he is, all alone. What is that about? What do we see? The real person there.
0: I think so. I don't think it's the same kind of aria as the, the Duke of Mato, uh, "Parmi vedele le lagrime." It's not sure. the same. It is? No. No, it's not. No, no. It, this is a, this is a bigger dilemma for me, "Parmi vedele le lagrime," because the next thing he does is sings the cabaletta and then goes into Gilda's room right. and uh,
2: ravages her. But, but you're talking about It's a different a yeah. completely different yeah. character. But these are
0: these are moments um uh, this is a private moment where he's struggling to deal he says he says I encore I I'm still can't sign this document I'm finding it very hard He has the pen he has the document and but he, he the freedom he can't uh, sign the, the paper is f- the, this freedom is the freedom southa as we yeah? This is their pass to go to uh, the in, He's going to send
1: Anka Strum and Amelia away, away. and never and this see is her the again The
0: greatest act of benevolence that I can bestow upon them I'm going to lose her and, but I'm going to I'm going to let them go because uh I can't live with this. So, yes, it is a, it's a, it's, a,
2: it's an internal piece. It's a sung internal piece. Exactly. It's beautiful yeah. because in opera, it's not like a play. In yeah. the play, you have a monologue. Um, you have, uh, you know, conversation. But in opera, you have arias. Hmm. And, and you have music. So, and it's a slow motion of the theater. Now, it could have said... Okay, I signed the paper. I'm so sorry. I leave you, but I have to. Finito. Right. You know? And, uh, but here you have a beautiful aria to sing. In every opera. You know, look, Violetta also has a big aria with two verses different. And, And it could be one second.
1: What I think is so interesting is that you sing that aria, you get the little message from Oscar, and then you have what in earlier Verdi, would have been a huge cabaletta to sing. That's and right. Si meri. That's right. And, say, mean, it's, and it's only sick, four bars. It's only 60
2: seconds. Right. And this is the, the new I version? I think there may yes. have been more, more boring, pragmatic
0: reasons, though, even for the aria. I'm sure it expresses the, the desire and the, the angst of, of Gustav. But it, behind, as, as everybody in, this, in the theater is getting ready for the next scene. Yes. So we need... No, you know yeah. what I'm saying. You know. I don't mean to be so clinical about it, but all forces are gathering now. And after this area, da 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 dee, boom, and now because you have... Because ne-
2: this is the new form. Right. Otherwise, we love cabalette. Yes, yes. yes. <laughs> We love cabalette. We love uh, when the show-off mm-hmm. uh, tenor uh, about yeah. IC, IB, But I think whatever. that tell me, do you think
0: that Verdi got to the point where all the were becoming di quella pira and, and he needed to move away from this form? Because everything was... Yes, of course. Not right? only
2: for the tenors, but for the soprano. sopranos. Also. For the right. mezzo-soprano, for the baritone. Not so much for the soprano. I mean, unless it's a uh, Nabucco mm-hmm. or yeah Abigail has done yeah. that. Yeah. And it's not just
1: Kabalettas either, because you know, your, the big ensemble at the very, very end. Um it it is so short, you know, with the prayer. The prayer, if it had been earlier Verdi, yeah. that would have been the length of a real Verdi Maybe finale so. as Maybe we so. think of them. But again it's so brief. He was sort of compacting process yeah. that was going yeah. on. Well, I worked with a conductor years ago who
0: used to say that Verdi said more in one page than Wagner said in in, in 40 pages you yeah. know, like in, in, so that, that may have something to do with it I'm not, a, a, and I'm not the, one of the anti-Wagner, I'm just saying that uh, oh, you know, okay. uh, this particular conductor felt, and it wasn't uh, it was an education, he said no, no, Verdi yeah. said more in one page than, it took Wagner 50 pages. Oh, so, so Verdi
2: is so. Italian Si right. <laughs> Oh Scusami <laughs> <Excuse me, laughs> Vai al punto right. Yes. Non ti
1: so so what is the in terms of these characterizations of Amelia and Gustavo, what is the most challenging section not to sing but to act, to present in terms of the characterization? What sort of demands the most? Well
0: I have a section yes. I have a I have that um and this is why, you know, he he is royal, but he has these moments of yes. of a fantasia, you know, where he sings this little sea shanty. But it's really a it's really requires a, um, a, a bit of abandon, you know. Mm. Very very difficult. He's it's out of time, out of space, you know. It has nothing to do with anything, really. This uh, this uh, it's just no, a way the of contest, taunting. The
2: uh, is is that uh, he wants to make fun of the medium. right? But in terms of the text. Yeah. It's out Texted, of. It's no, out of. Because it's a story. He makes up a story. Right. But he wants to say, you fake. Right. Yeah. You are fake. So let's I make a story about yeah. it. Yeah. But that's and difficult to see.
0: It is very difficult. It, it takes him it down, very down, very low, takes it down or, to low C, doesn't
1: it? Isn't oh, it low, yes. Yes. low C. Yes. Yeah. And how many
0: tenor. And this is what I there? meant before about, like, it just seems like he's a. a scatenata you know he wants to he wants he's unchained he 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 really looks forward to this opportunity not to go really to see if Ulrika's a a witch or not and if we're going to condemn her or not but this is a chance for me to get out
2: of the palace and Mm. and just have really you know what I mean not only you also your parliament your people yes let's all go all all this parliament this big big politician that you see in the first scene They're there to discuss with the king, you know. Then suddenly you invite him them to a place Mm -hmm. in the middle of nowhere and disguise as uh, poor and working Mm -hmm. people. So um, at three in the morning too. It's (laughs) very, it's it's very challenging for you, king, Mm -hmm. and for them, uh, noble, Mm -hmm. aristocratic Mm -hmm. people that they have to change. Mm But also before that, you have a difficult moment. No, after. After, after that, after when you don't believe what the medium says, you're gonna die yes. by the hand of your one friend.
0: Yes, it's a difficult because when I, as a student, I heard many different interpretations, and the the one that seemed to be the most. Um, uh, gratifying for so many people was G Yi sang it with a little bit of esca que so de He <laughs> put it in. You yeah. know, ha-ha, it's ha-ha, not the correct. Ha-ha. You know this one. Yeah, of es que... <laughs> and <laughs> Berganzi did the same thing. Right. It's just es que so de poli. <laughs> yeah. And this is. He, it's not like he thinks it's fun. Haha. <laughs> he's petrified. Absolutely. But he has to show his courtiers that Absolutely. he's got. Uh, he's got this under control. But it's really. It's, it's frightening, frightening a little bit, he, he, and and then he turns it around to say, "Ah, but look at these guys. They really think, they believe all this stuff. I don't believe it. Oh, he he's got the message. he's, he's very scared. He right when he hears that yeah. says, you're going to die by the hand of a, of a friend. Well." This is connected to his whole fear that Renato is going to find out that he's in love with, with Amelia. So it can, it, there's a connection there. She's already seen on the right hand that he is royalty. He comes from good blood. Oh, okay, so far, so good. But you're going to die at the hand of a friend. Why? Because he's going to find out that you, that you love his wife.
1: So, yeah, yes. so the trick is to get, n- to, to get nervousness and total Nervous. apprehension, it to be, and total yeah, apprehension to into it. Yeah. And yeah. also
2: here is where... The librettist put together the fact that uh, really Gustavo went, not with friends, alone, to this medium and had a seance, and she said she said, "You're going to, to have a very dangerous moment mm-hmm. in your life." Mm-hmm. So And probably Soma put it there. Uh, and verdi loved it mm-hmm. because it refers to the real life mm-hmm. i think and and here we have a king where he is trying to believe or not believe or not and he sings a very difficult piece where he has to laugh but the laughing is not really it's, hard. Sc- it's frightened <laughs> laughter
1: frightened laughter i suppose and, yeah and singing yeah.
2: very difficult this is probably the most difficult in the opera. So what's the
1: trickiest portion dramatically for Amelia, do you think? Where it's just really a challenge to act The in.
2: challenge of, of Amelia is when uh, a husband says, you're going to die because I'm, uh, I'm so, so angry and so upset that I, I'm killing you. Like this. I kill you. And she said, but but I'm innocent. I didn't do anything. I was there, and he came. And he doesn't believe. He said, you're there. You were there. Why you were there? So, and he decided uh, that he's going to kill her. Now, the moment, uh, very touching moment, it's where she's uh, asking him, please, before I die, I want to see my son. Mm. And that way she sings... uh, uh, so you have to let me see my son and it's a very touch moment and Verdi wrote a duet with cello there I mean it's so beautiful the music there having to sing with cello it's fabulous and and I think this is one of the great uh, moments for Amelia but Urika Urica has a big scene when she's seance and the devil she's looking for the devil to come out eventually she has a cabaletta
0: mm-hmm. yeah it's yes. the it's only a really one, short one.
2: Uh, very short one yeah. but when the, the devil finally show up we don't know if it is true or not but anyway uh, and then she says aloui and it is a sort of a cabaletta that.
1: It's also written for a kind of voice that I mean you wonder what the first Ulrika sounded like because Big it's so voice. Yeah, I mean, and
2: he always so yeah. lucky because for. Stephanie Blythe oh, she's amazing. Oh,
1: man. And it's low G to what high A, I yes. guess it is. It's yes. the range is she huge. Has a very it's like, long range. What we haven't talked about is what this production is actually going to look like.
2: Now, the production I have to to say something because the, this production is not my concept because this comes the for question i think it's for for money purpose it couldn't be a build here now but this they share the production with San Francisco, so the scenery are coming from uh, San Francisco, and I approve because uh, immediately when I, I I was asked to direct, I said, not Boston, I don't like. <laughs> uh, and uh, Mr. Mason said, no, but we have uh, uh, we, Sweden. We, the Swedish version. Yeah. We have a Sweden, and uh, and they show me the production. the I mean the set, the set and the costumes. And I said, OK, I like it because it's co- very elegant. Um, very beautiful. You know, very yes. beautiful, very elegant. And I um, knock on wood because we're still rehearsing. Um, it's, it's beautiful production. I accepted because it was uh, going to what I wanted to see. Yeah. But of course, was born with me like I did uh, other six other new productions that they were born with my idea but this is more my idea because it's Sweden I would maybe change something but I I can't but it's a beautiful production very elegant very elegant and costumes are very elegant and that's why I accept it
1: now, I know that both of you have worked with, with young professional singers who are gifted, and yet I'm wondering if you work, if you ever are in a position where you're working with somebody, young, you know, a fairly inexperienced singer, who actually has any idea of how Verdi is supposed to be performed. I very seldom hear these days, especially in this country, Young singers who understand how to sing a Verdi aria. So, if you were going to try to eliminate, shall we say, eliminate the mistakes that people make in singing Verdi these days, what do you and the misconceptions that people have about what the Verdi repertoire is? What do you think you would say to people to make them understand what this style well, is about? A, you know, how
0: young? How young are we talking about? I mean, uh, <laughs> if just the idea of being a young voice it doesn't always serve verdi well i'm not saying does that make, you know what i'm you know what i mean it, too young a voice uh singing verdi too soon mm. is already um missing the point so uh, if you're talking about a 22 year old 18 year old i mean if it's a phenom type of thing which it, it's still questionable to me whether that sound is being created or it's natural Uh, issuing forth from the singer. I mean, this is a very long conversation, but uh, as far as in this particular environment, I think uh, we have a number of singers who come from the program who are excellent.
2: Yes, excellent. excellent.
0: You know, I came from a period of time where I auditioned for every young artist program in the country and I was turned down by every single one of them. Mm -hmm. And so I had to find other ways in which to start singing. But now, uh, young artist programs, and and in those days, if you were a young artist, you did the program three, four years, whatever it was, and then you had to go away. You go to Europe or you go wherever you you can to get your career started, and when you got some uh, credits, you came back. Now, for financial reasons or for whatever, the investment into that particular young artist, they're using them right away. And... um, this is, has its good points. This, this can be an entire another uh, uh, evening together. Um, it has its good points and it has its bad points. Very often, um, a young artist in, in a program who is being asked to sing within the season is asked to do five or six different styles to, uh, in the season. And this could be a little bit tricky to to change gears, unless you understand, um, I've been fortunate enough to. Um, Gianna Rolandi here in Chicago has asked me to work with some of them, and uh, it's it's a really it's, it's a privilege to do so. And there's some just great talent coming out, and uh, you you know you'll be hearing about you hear about them here, and you're going to see them on the world stage, I'm sure. So, but uh, the question of of, of a of, of coupling Verdi with a very young singer is already a dilemma for me from the from the, the Renata when, I think so when yeah.
1: you are working with people you tr- do you try to get them to to spend you know the next 10 years of their careers with Bellini and Donizetti, and then get into Verdi later
2: mm, no it depends on the kind of voice they have mm. because you know um, if you begin uh, singing and you First of all, is that you have to acquire the technique. And if you have a, a big voice, I mean, uh, l- let's talk perhaps about uh, like Stephanie Blythe. Mm. With that voice, you don't give a small role to mm-hmm. sing. You know? So you give her immediately a role for kind of voice. Mm. But before that, you give the right technique. You give the technique... uh, I mean, when you come to Verdi, Verdi is so demanding from the voice because Mm. the voice has to be like an instrument. Mm. You go from uh, very low register to up Mm. very high register. Mm. And you have to have a long breath control. You have to have dramatic coloratura. You have to have so many things that... It's better to do it in the beginning. Even if you have big voices, you go slow. First, acquire a technique. But someday, today, today perhaps, uh, there are singers that come sing Verdi, and they have no coloratura in perfect pitch. They have uh, no breath control, so they take breath. Breathing everywhere. Mm-hmm. So they cannot sing Verdi. They cannot sing Verdi. And they have to start with something limited and, and exploring what they can do. And this we're talking about mm-hmm. teachers. Mm-hmm. And, and if I may say, there's no
0: guarantee that the singer you are, uh, that there is a progression for you. You may plateau at Mozart and stay with Mozart your whole career. I mean, Luigi Alba sang Rossini almost yes. his whole... Okay, a little Fenton, a little bit... Of, but that was that was his repertoire and he stayed
2: within that. Uh, Roberta the, Peters the is saying... Understanding sang, the limit. Right. Uh, my career, perhaps, I start uh, with a bad repertoire. Mm. Really... Completely wrong for me. My debut at 18 was Traviata. Oh, wow. Okay? Wrong. (laughs) Not only that. (laughs) Butterfly. Wow. Okay? So, wrong. Hmm? And then uh, um, Pagliacci. Wow. Yeah. So these were the roles that I sang between 18 and 20. Wow. By the time I was 20, I had trouble with my voice. Because, first of all, the technique was not good. And the role I was singing was not good hmm. for me. So I had to stop. I had to stop. And I had to stop. I had to find another teacher. And lucky. I was so lucky. And this is something that you are born. Probably you have this gift with you and, and helps you to go to find the right the right way, you know. Uh, uh, my very good friend, Alfredo Kraus, is oh. uh, yeah. he my brother, and, and he said, you're in trouble, we were singing Traviata together. And he said, you are in trouble, you stop singing and come with me that I take you to the right teacher. And I went to the right teacher. And the oh. first thing the teacher said, and she was great, Mercedes Leopard she was a Spanish uh, singer. First thing she says that, okay, cancel everything. Start from the beginning." And I, I did it. So I stopped for, for I had a lot of contract, but I canceled everything, and for eight months, I study only vocalese, vocalese, mm. vocalese, vocalese, vocalese until I acquired the technique. That day I acquired the technique, and she was so good because she understood my ability, my voice, and she said, "Now the repertoire I give it to you. You're not singing Butterfly, you're not singing Traviata. You can sing Elizier, you can mm-hmm. sing Sonnambula." I said, "But my voice is not. Your voice is to sing those operas." <laughs> <laughs> and I follow. I follow. So, and I sang for. 15 years or 20 years, I only sang Sonnambula, Rigoletto, Lucia, and uh, Sonnambula, Rigoletto, <laughs> Lucia, <laughs> Elisir d'Amore, Sonnambula, Rigoletto, Lucia, Elisir, Elisir d'Amore. And I wanted to explore, you know, Puccini, explore the Heavy Verdi. And after 20 years, I, I was able to explore. So it, you have to have a guide that's why I yes. was thinking about teacher. You have to have a guide. Now, how do you find that guide? Hmm. That's the problem. But you
0: also have to have an inner voice that tells you, you know, it's, yeah. a, it's a common sense, you know. Yes. Yeah, but the, I
2: think it's a gift. As you have a beautiful voice as a gift, you have to have, I always say, talent is not one. No. But you have to have at least five, if not six. Right you have to have a, a voice okay then you have musicality then you have a presence personality and studying the technique and find a good teacher and this is a talent to find a good teacher because you have to know yeah. who's good who's not for you sometimes singers they go to a voice teacher and they are afraid to tell the teacher that, that something is wrong mm-hmm. They're free, oh, but he's my teacher. Why should I say i'm not happy because he's my teacher. Mm-hmm. I said, you tell him what is the problem. Mm-hmm. you cannot sing, so if you cannot sing, the, the teacher is not for you, so change
0: we have look, look at the difference though just one yeah. second. look at the difference in today 's uh, fast pace with the plane and the yes. internet, canceling everything would have been. Would be a tragedy to a singer today, not just because of loss of income and and just, but because everyone would say, "Oh, finito, it's finished, it's finished." And we may know of a few cases in modern times of that happening. Uh, Mescolato was very blessed to be able to take this time, recuperate, and and come back. And it wasn't, a, you know, it didn't destroy you. It only no, made you it better. You no, know, I, I, I was in the beginning. In the beginning,
2: although, but many singers today. I was in the beginning. I was only, only right. 20, 21 when I changed my teacher.
0: But it's and, a, uh, would you say then it's much harder to be a singer embarking today than it was those in that time? Or yes. Or are there benefits?
2: Yes, that- because today we are distracted also for so many yeah. other things that... Uh, it's like uh, you, you have to run. Yeah. You have to get there. Yeah. You have to get. You know, you go to young artists... Uh, Uh, it's a beautiful place to be because you have a possibility of having good teacher uh, in you know you have uh, uh, language you have technique you have uh, score music and you're not paying you get paid Mm. Uh, no and plus you have a chance to do a small role which is the ability to be on stage and not responsibility. I think this is a fantastic. At my time, there were not young programs. Okay. No. So you had to be, okay, am I doing right? I was alone. So, and I, I was happy that I could do it. Today, it's there. It's a lot but of education. But in the young artists, many artists, they don't want to wait hmm. until they're ready. They want to go yeah. because, you know, they see, oh, that she's already there, singing yeah. at the Met, singing in Chicago. No, wait, wait. Well, we also have um...
0: uh, the advent of uh, HD, you know, high definition, and we television. have uh, television. And now, and and this is not uh, sour grapes, believe me. This is more about now theaters are picking singers about first how they're going to look in the in the video than to how they're going to sound in the theater. So this is, a, I'm sure you're all well versed in that. We, but, uh,
2: but I also say that the singers, they know, so they should take care of yeah, their absolutely, body. Absolutely. They should take care. If they're a little bit, you know, mm-mm, so <laughs> there's always <laughs> a, a diet you can do. I did myself. <laughs> I did it. I did it. Oh, I yes. mean, I oh, lost yeah. 45 yeah, pounds yeah. in one that. diet. Yeah. So, uh, and because I was... <laughs> we've
1: we've exceeded our time. I oh. want to thank both of you so so much.
0: You've been listening to Backstage at Lyric, the podcast that takes you behind the curtain at Lyric Opera of Chicago. For additional interactive content and to order tickets, visit us online at lyricopera.org.